an initiative of Franciscan University of Steubenville. Faithandreason.com. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I thank you so much for a warm welcome coming from Pittsburgh. I wondered if I should come to the, the podium waving a terrible towel. So, <laughs> that can wait for next year, probably. <laughs> the sermons will be next year. Of course, I'm proud to be part of, the, of this Pittsburgh region, where the Steelers uh, bring national and even international acclaim. But do you know what organization in Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's um, most widely known ambassador with a reputation that reaches places beyond the reach of the Steelers. Do you know that? Can you see? No. <laughs> I'm just a conductor. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Symphony, you're right. It's the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra which um, is invited to play concerts in many parts of the world. Just for example, in 2009, we were toured in Asia, performing in China and Taiwan. Also in 2009 and again in 2010, we toured in Europe, playing in Switzerland, Germany, France, Hungary, Slovenia, and very special to me, at the Musikverein in Vienna, where I began my musical career. Hmm? Shall I need wishwash a little bit? My <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> and next summer we will make another European tour, we call this festival tour, and performing at the very prestigious Luzerne Festival at the famous proms in concerts in London, and at the Beethoven Festival in Bonn and Wiesbaden, Hamburg, Paris and Berlin. So when you come to Heinz Hall in Pittsburgh, as I know many of you do, you are coming to hear an orchestra that performs in the world's greatest concert halls and truly brings international claim to this region. I know that some of you are coming next week to our Music for the Spirit concert in Pittsburgh Magnificent St. Paul Cathedral. Music for the Spirit is a project that arose from an earlier international tour taken by the Pittsburgh Symphony. In 2004, before I came here, this orchestra had the great honor of performing in the Vatican for His Holiness Pope John Paul II, for whom your library here at Franciscan is named. As you have heard, he is to be beatified in May, on 1st of May, and probably a lot of you will probably go there. That concert in the Vatican was called the Concert of Reconciliation because His Holiness invited to it representatives from all of the Abrahamic faiths. At that time, Donald Wuerl, now Cardinal Wuerl, was Bishop of Pittsburgh. He was inspired by the Vatican concert to work with the Pittsburgh Symphony to create a project called Music for the Spirit. And he brought in representatives from Pittsburgh's major faith communities. Now, Bishop Zubik, Pittsburgh's current bishop, and also clergy from the Jewish and Protestant faith, are working with me on this project. 
Our goal is to use the power of music to promote dialogue among people, people from every religious and spiritual tradition. Each season, we play two music for the spirit concerts, one in our Heinz Hall and one in community plays of spirituality. This season, our Heinz Hall concert was Verdi's Requiem in December, and next week, on February 17, we will play our community concert in St. Paul's Cathedral. Speaking of international connections, you may have noticed from my accent that I'm not originally from this region. I was born and still live in Austria. You too, as already mentioned, have an Austrian home to the Kartause Maria Thron in Gaming, where many Franciscan students come to study each semester. I remember a visit to, Gam to Gaming when I was a boy. I, my father, he sent me um, to the monastery of Stift Zwettl. Um, he heard a, a, a boys' choir in my era, and he said to oh, Manfred, you have to go there. So he sent me one year to this area, it's very close to the Czech border, and I still remember that we had a concert in uh, Gaming. Um, I don't know how the concert was, I, but I, um, I loved the sauerkraut very much <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> also in 2002, Cardinal Schönborn of Austria received Franciscan's Shepherd Award. So that is another Austrian connection we share. So now that we are friends with local and Austrian connections, you will not mind if I ask you a question that may startle you. How many of you would like to go to heaven? <laughs> now, how many of you would like to go right now if God were to offer you to go this moment? That's I thought. I thought that would be the case, isn't it? Hard question, I know. I would not like to go now. Uh, there is so much life to live here on this earth, even though our time here is short. When I was younger, I wanted many things for my life. I wanted to be the best conductor in the world. I'm not yet and will never be, but I'm still trying to get better. I wanted to, a car, to have a car and a family. I do have those. <laughs> but the car is not, not so interesting, but I'll tell you more about the family later. The point about these things is that they are pieces of a bigger picture. We must make the most of our God-given talents, our education and training our professional opportunities, and of course, our personal relationships, the people we love and who love us, to live life to the fullest with the time that we have. I feel very honored that you have invited me to share with you how I am trying to do that, how my faith influences both my professional and my personal life, and how I try to communicate with my face and what it means to me through the music I conduct. 
I will share some of my personal journey with you, but I also look forward very much to hearing from you. So I will end my speech in plenty of time to answer your questions. As I thought about what I would say to you today, I thought about our Austrian connections and also about the values we share. As it says on our website, on your website, Franciscan students take ownership of their faith. And that is something I believe in very strongly and try to practice every day. I have in my home a house chapel where I can find peace through prayer. My family, six kids, prays together in that space and you can imagine in the most holy moments the kids are start to scream. <laughs> and we experience, we are parents and we know that. But uh, nevertheless, I love to be there with them. When my wife Christiane and I were and I were planning to marry, our priest drew for us a triangle with an angle pointing upwards. He labeled each point. The top one was for God, and the other two were for Christiane and me. He, ex he explained that in the sacrament of marriage, each point must be connected. I must keep my connection with God and with my wife. She must do the same. If any of these pairings becomes disconnected, your marriage will suffer. You could also draw the triangle with God and the top and the other two for family and for career. I know that breaking any pairing between my family and God, between my career and God, or between my career and my family, would cause great suffering in my life. That is why it is so important for us to pray together in our house. Even when I'm away from home and family, where I have, wherever I'm working, I pray every day. When people ask how I have time in my life to pray every day, with so much travel and preparation, I answer, I clean my teeth every day, so why not my soul? My relationship with God is the same as that of a close friend. If you want to have a, relace, a close relationship with a friend, then you call them every day, isn't it? The more you speak with your friend, the more you know them. It is the same with God. Do we have God in the Facebook? I'm not sure, my kids have him. <laughs> if you break the connection between yourself and God, you lose your values and beliefs. I was once told this story. There was a man who was stuck in quicksand and he prayed to God to save his life. A traveler happened upon him and offered to pull him out, but the man said, no, I am praying to God to get me out. Then a doctor happened by and offered his help, but the man again refused, saying that he was waiting for God to save him. 
Finally, a team of rescuers came to pull him out of the quicksand, but again the men refused their help. As a result, the man died. When he met God after his death, he asked, Why did you not answer my prayers? God replied, But I sent you a traveler, then a doctor, then a team of rescuers. So you must be ready to accept God's help through all means and be aware that you may see answers to your prayers in many different encounters throughout your professional lives. I didn't always understand this. When I was growing up, I often did not have the courage to pray. My, fam my family did not pray as much as I wanted to. And I was not brave enough to pray in front of them. I don't know whether you have this feeling experience. Instead, I would go to the bathroom to pray privately. I was, if I was in church, I would, I would look around to see if my friends or teachers were there before kneeling to pray. As I matured, I was able to find courage in my faith. And now, prayer and God surround my entire being throughout everything, everything what I do in life. I have been lucky to be able to build my career on art form that I love. I am fortunate that through music I can bring God and spirituality to my audiences. For example, last season when the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra presented Mozart's Requiem, I wanted to create a program that would convey to the audience that Mozart prayed to the same God that we pray to today and show them how can find solace and guidance through prayer just as Mozart did. The first thing I had to think about and the first thing I always think about when I prepare a piece is what was the composer's purpose. If Mozart wrote a requiem, the purpose is clear. It is a liturgical piece for the church. So do I have the right to put it in a concert performance? Of course, because many revered concert pieces were originally written for the liturgical purposes. But I must also remember that a requiem is not a parallel piece to Strauss or Tchaikovsky. So I wondered, how can I do this as a concept piece and still express the message Mozart meant for the music to convey? The message that death was not something to be feared, but a natural part of life. The answer came to me through the Austrian tradition of the death bell. Three strikes of the bell to announce that someone has died. Let me show the program so that you can see how I put this together. You see here a part, the first part till the requiem starts. I see this as a preparation. You can imagine this big, wonderful beginning of the Requiem. 
where Mozart describes the death. But people in every concert hall, they come, they have drinking, saw their friends and drinking champagne. Now they're sitting, expecting the conductor. Um, they are not in the mood of, for this beginning. So I thought I have to introduce something. The whole concept is about 60 minutes. So the first 30 minutes are a preparation. And you will hear now how I started the death bell. has a special meaning for me also because when my mother died the bell was ringing. In this still and tradition in Austria when somebody dies they ring the church bell. We call this the death bell. And I put it three bell beats. Why? Because of the Trinity. And if you looked on your watch and you will realize, and I asked the percussion player who beats the bell, it's exactly seven seconds, because seven is the holy number. Of course, the people doesn't know that, and they should not know that. They just should feel it. <laughs> so I was thought about what kind of traditions um, were um, in the time when, uh, when the funeral mass for Mozart happened, 5th December of 1791. There was one tradition um, in St. Stephen Cathedral. They had uh, um, the, uh, the Gregorian chants. And so I added also this element into this preparation period. So let's listen a little bit on the text, Requiem um, to the, for the Gregorian chants. This conception was a letter Mozart has uh, wrote to his father when he was going to hear that he is in trouble, that he will going to die. And I wanted to um, hear you a little bit kind of this letter. It's one of the, my favorite letters Mozart wrote. My dearest father, this moment I am hearing a message that strikes me down. 
even more so as I had surmised from your last letter that you, thank goodness, find yourself well. But now I hear that you are quite ill. How eager I am to see a message from you yourself to refute that, as I shouldn't need to say. And I do, of course, hope that it isn't true, even though I have made a habit of imagining the worst in all things. Because death, literally, is the true ultimate purpose of our lives, I have, in the past few years, made myself so well acquainted with this true best friend of man that his image not only no longer holds any terror for me, but even gives me great peace and consolation. I thank my God that he has granted me such luck that I have been able to seize the opportunity you know of what I speak, to come to know death as the key to our true blessedness. I never lay myself to bed without worrying that perhaps, as young as I am, I will not live to see another day. Though there isn't a single person from all who know me who could say that I have been morose or doleful in our associations. And for this blessedness, I thank my Maker in all my days and wish from my heart the same upon each of my fellow men. I hope and pray that as I write this, you will find your health improved. However, if it happens that good health does not appear to be returning, I beg you not to conceal it from me. Instead, to write or have someone write to me with the pure truth so that I can be in your arms as swiftly as is humanly possible. I swear this to you by all that is holy to us, and I am forever your most dutiful son, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. This was John Lithgow in the Heinz Hall last year, in the last season. Now I added also to this preparation um, some poems by Nelly Sachs because I wanted to have a link to our time and the Second World War. Um, Nelly Sachs was a survivor of Auschwitz. Wonderful poems. Now you see, we have 30 minutes of preparation and I thought this is now the time to uh, introduce this wonderful sound of the requiem. Listen to the strings. It sounds like a funeral march. Listen to the bassoon and wind instrument, the tears it's composed at. Listen to the first entrance of the trombones, the first loud entrance, and the timpani and the trumpets the symbol for the last judgment.
recording my <laughs> from Sweden uh, with the Stockholm Orchestra from 2001. Um, so the trombones, the symbol of God, the timpani and the, and, uh, the trumpets all introduce the last judgment. And the following passage, which I want to, um, in the funeral message, you know, Curialeison, Christialeison, Curialeison. How did Mozart now describe Curialeison? Um, if you want to do a piece, you see, Curialeison, in exactly the high, the long interval, the, from the high of Curialeison. It's exactly the way Mozart thought. God above us and the earth, eleison, have mercy, Lord have mercy, curie eleison, it's a requiem, and of course it sounds very dramatic, the mighty of God in the bass singers, what did he do with the, the sun, the other theme, Jesus Christ, he had put it in a very lively in the alto in the high register. Let's listen to this. You hear? So Curie Eleison and Christi El So it's the sun. And it's an extremely powerful folk and very spectacular. And the end, I would like now to listen you to how we end the uh, this wonderful folk. Now, this is my version. This is, I would compose it. I have taken, I took two bars out. But Mozart is a genie. Listen now the version Mozart has composed. Now. Do you hear this accord? Because Christia Leison, Curia Leison, and he wanted with this sharp, dissonant accord have a question mark. Do we really have mercy or not? And listen now what happens after big break, after this accord, which I prolong a little bit. I always ask the, the timpani player, please, you can't just play, beat it. Huh? You must play this like uh, Christ was crucified, the nails. Dum, 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 dum. Huh? So, and uh, that has a very important impact also for me, because the next piece is the Dies Irae. Listen to this. <laughs> You see, the timpani and the trumpet 
continues. By the way, I have added here the um, some timpanis and trumpets. The reason is Mozart had no time, he was uh, in the deathbed when he composed it, he had no time uh, to instrumentate it. So forgive me, I did it myself. <laughs> so the Dies Irae is the last judgment. It cannot be without um, trumpets and timpani. It's, it's for me extremely powerful. Another element which I want to um, illustrate to you, um, yeah, actually, um, to, to come back, you know, when, uh, when you have the speaker, John Liskow, they, I wanted to prepare this Dies Irae. And when I speak, uh, when I sp um, had the, the rehearsal with John, he was um, narrating wonderful. I love his voice, it's, it's a great voice. But he was speaking like on, on the, the theater also. And I asked him, no, you have to, you have to speak like you now will be sent to the hell. And he could do this fantastic. I, I think he, is a, he made an, a wonderful film where he was the bad guy. He was very used to that. But listen a little bit, the last moments, to, know, to illustrate how it works now, the transition to introduce the last judgment of the Deasiri. The stars of the sky held the earth like a fig tree dropping its unripe figs when it is shaken by a great wind. The sky is removed like a scroll when it is rolled up. Every mountain and island removed out of their places. The kings of the earth, the princes, the commanding officers, the rich, the strong, and every slave and free person hid themselves in the caves the rocks of the mountain. They told the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Isn't it powerful? From word to music. Yeah? I would not like to meet this guy in the darkness of the night, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, Scott, you have uh, uh, already recognized this the John, uh, revelation of John the part, which is the most powerful and describes um, um, also the judgment. Another thing which I did a little bit differently is the next is the Tuba Mirum, a wonderful um, moment in the Requiem, uh, it's in the trombone. But the trombone is always, or was always a symbol of God. Remember the magic flute of Mozart? He had um, used trombones. Or the, the trombones of Jericho. It's always used as a trombone, a symbol of God. So what I did, you can have the trombone play in the middle, in the orchestra, then it's, then it's a human like you, like me. But I wanted to have a dialogue between God and a human. So I placed the trombone, the trombone player, on a high position so that the sound is coming from up and the singer is on a podium. Listen to this voice of God.
And this effect is, was just wonderful because people in the audience didn't expect that. Suddenly they saw, they were turning around, where is that? You know? The best for me would be if it's unseen. But he needs to have see the conductors of that, and I need to see him. <laughs> Another part in this, in the next recordare, is on the word qui Mariam absolvisti. And when I work with the soloist singers, uh, I always ask the question, do you understand Latin? Do you understand the text? Which Maria do we speak about? Big silence. <laughs> silence. And then sometimes they ask, oh, it's Maria, the mother of God, of course. No, it's Maria Magdalena. Qui Mariam absolvisti. It means you have also uh, Maria, you have solved it and saved it. And what did Mozart, and he knew that, of course, and he put a waltz in the Requiem. Can you imagine, in a Requiem, in a serious piece, he put a, somehow a Viennese waltz. Let's listen to this, and you feel a little bit kind of a swinging way, please. One, two, three, one. I don't want to ask you to dance this with me now, but you can imagine how it is. And the last word, spam. I always ask him, listen, spam is a very important message, actually. Of course, you are dying, we are praying and hoping that we get uh, saved. Um, and but spam, the hope, is one of the most important elements. So I ask him also, like to open a bottle of champagne, so spam, uh, celebrate your hope. Yeah, and then, <laughs> well, <coughs> you see. Probably when I will die, I will have a completely different experience in it. <laughs> Another thing that now it comes very concrete, the confutatis, Mozart describes the hell. And the beginning, confutatis maledictis, yeah? the, you, will, uh, you will be damned, uh, condemned. Eh? It's sung by the man and listen to the timpani and the trumpet again, last judgment the decisive beat on dramatic rhythm, what, uh, what we have. So after hell, he describes the heaven, and I don't know why, he have, why he, Mozart decided to put this in, in the woman voices. Um, could also be the man voice, isn't it? Um, so he took this vocame cum benedictis. That was the hell again. <laughs> you saw this evocame cum benedictis, a prayer. Please call me, call me. 
It's a wonderful moment, it's actually for me also. And one of the greatest moments in the Mozart Requiem um, is the beginning of the Lacrimoso. These are the eight bars and the last bars Mozart has um, composed in his life. So let's listen how we do it. You will hear like a, um, like a, uh, a Siciliano, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dance actually, and you will hear the sign in a violence. You will hear it how somebody has tears. You see, it can be risky to reinterpret such a famous piece because people have expectations about what they will hear based on past performances that they have heard. But when you follow your heart and your heart is open to God, then the risk is worth it. Knowing that you have been honest to yourself and your faith, Without my own connection to God through prayer, I would not have been able to create such an event. You are fortunate 
that you are being uh, prepared here at Franciscan University for the challenges ahead of you as you go through life. By choosing an institution that offers spiritual as well as professional guidance, you have chosen a path fortified with moral and religious support, along with a strong education in your chosen profession. And you will face challenges in your profession, whatever it is. I will give you an example of difficult task that the music director has to do, one that involves people's careers and their professional and personal pride. Often, I listen to singers who are auditioning for solo parts in, for example, the Mozart Requiem or an opera I'm conducting and directing. The audition is very important and difficult for them because it involves their professional career but also their emotions. No one likes to be rejected and auditions mean rejection for many people. So they come, they sing and often I have to tell them thank you, you are, but you are not the right person for this part, you are terrible. <laughs> Naturally, they want to know why. They want some feedback on their performance so they can improve. But also you have to remember that they are feeling hurt and rejected. So I'm going to show you an example and ask you to help me to judge this performer. never knows what kind of professional challenge uh, you will encounter, but keeping a sense of humor and a strong faith that God will show you how to handle those challenges. It's good spiritual and professional advice. So thank you for inviting me here today, the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra, and I are deeply grateful for the honor you have uh, bestowed upon me by inviting me to become part of your family here today. I look forward so much to greeting you when uh, you come to our concerts in Pittsburgh. An initiative of Franciscan University of Steubenville. Faithandreason.com Be transformed by the renewal of your mind.